Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian fiction podcast for teen girls. I know as I record, it's almost Thanksgiving, but in Easton, it's still summertime. So enjoy. Academy Days, episode thirty-six: Poise and Perfection. London lowered her fork to her dinner plate and tried not to look up the table towards the dark-haired intern, which was hard, since he kept looking at her. A smile quirking into place every time he caught her eye. He had to be at least twenty, right? Interns were usually somewhere in their college studies. He couldn't be actually flirting with her, a seventeen-year-old. He probably had a girlfriend in every city the senator visited. Probably had graduated top of his class in high school. Probably would only settle for a girl who was a lawyer or a doctor. She dabbed her mouth with a cloth napkin and peeked his way again. He'd spooned up his soup without slurping, ate his fish without making rude comments, and now cut his steak without sawing a hole through the table. Not only that, he hadn't burped even once. Catch Chandler Pace making it through a single meal without some kind of rude incident or word. London lifted her glass. Her fingers brushing against the tiny embossment of a horseshoe, the chinaware, the silver glasses, napkins, all sported the insignia of the senator's equestrian estate. Whoever that intern was, he landed a sweet job working with a man who offered luxuries like this dinner to his staff. London smoothed the folds of her tea-length dress. Good thing Mom had suggested she pack something formal. Tonight was a whole other level from her spring's junior senior banquet. She'd had a blast at the banquet, but here now she felt elegant. A sort of breathy huff came from the other side of the table, and London glanced towards Lacey. What was she doing? Chewing with her mouth open? No, she was trying to mouth words. What? Care? Air? Oh, hair! London widened her eyes. In your food, she asked silently. Lacey squinted and shook her head and patted at the back of her neck. London rolled her eyes. Why did Lacey worry so much? Her hair looked great, pulled up smooth and high. She had just the right facial features and head shape to make the top knot look cute instead of severe. You look fine. London mouthed and lifted her knife to slice off another sliver of beef. Did you enjoy riding yesterday and today, London? The senator asked, his voice carrying past several men and women dressed in evening best. London flitted her gaze past the intern and smiled at the senator. Yeah, it was fun. I rode serendipity. She was just energetic enough to be a challenge. The senator nodded. My daughter Helena likes serendipity too. By the way, Helena loved your design for her bedroom at the other house. The senator sipped his drink. Too bad she couldn't have been here this weekend, but she's taking summer courses in the hopes of getting into Georgetown University a semester early. He nodded towards the intern. Anatole, you're a sophomore at Georgetown, aren't you? The intern nodded. Yes, sir. The senator sighed. I wanted her to try for Harvard, but she insists she wants to stay close to home. The senator looked down at his plate. 
Her spirit is much diminished since my wife's passing two years ago. Dad, the man to the senator's right shifted and glanced down the table and then said something too quiet to hear. I'll speak of your mother every day if I wish. A politician has his emotions just like the rest of the nation, the senator said, and then speared a chunk of roasted potato with his steak knife. Across the table, Lacey twisted the handle of her fork between her fingers, the tine sticking straight up. Her steak lay in all its seasoned glory next to a mound of olive oil-drizzled potatoes. She hadn't touched the main course. She scrunched her face at London and made flapping motions at her head again. Okay, this worry over her hair was getting obsessive and annoying. Eat! London frowned and tapped the edge of her plate with her spoon. This was supposed to be one of the highlights of their stay, but Lacey looked like she'd rather be eating toasted cheese sandwiches off a paper plate. Maybe they should have a talk later about self-confidence, and poise. Are you in college? London jumped, her eyes swerving back towards the intern, Anatole. She twisted her fingers into a fold of her scarf. Oh no, she laughed. I'm just a high school senior this year, she shrugged. College is still a maybe thing for me. Dad cleared his throat. Don't be so sure. Anatole looked past her to where Mom and Dad sat at the foot of the table among some of the other staffers. I hear you're a professor, sir. What is your specialty? Did the guy call every male, sir? Wasn't that like something people would do in one of Lacey's books? I teach history, Dad said, crisscrossing his fork and knife on his empty dinner plate. And I'm not usually referred to as a professor among my high school students. He grinned at London and Lacey. As for a specialty, when you teach at a small Christian school, you've got to be a little bit knowledgeable about pretty much everything. However, I do enjoy studying our country's early leaders. I'm currently rereading the Federalist Papers. And where do you teach? Easton Christian Academy, Dad said. It's only a few. I know it. Anatole said, nodding. I grew up in Easton. I didn't go to the academy, though. I was homeschooled. London paused, a mouthful of creamed spinach halfway to her mouth. Well, she hadn't seen that coming. I'll be visiting my family there in a few weeks. Actually, I'd appreciate your input on a few topics we've been discussing in one of my history classes. Your faith perspective would be most helpful. Most helpful. Who talked like that anyway? London smirked at Lacey and took a bite of steak. Certainly. Why don't you come on over to dinner sometime that weekend, Dad said. And Mom nodded and smiled. Thank you, sir. It would be my pleasure. London choked. My pleasure. Did the guy get his conversation style from YouTube Manners channel? Anatole raised his eyebrows at her. Gristle? London covered her mouth with a napkin, her face heating up like one of the flaming candles in the middle of the table. Gristle! Not in this steak! The senator forked up his last bite. It was flown in straight from a colleague's Texas ranch. Best meat you'll get stateside, I promise you. It's delicious! London bobbed her head up and down. 
great. All she needed to do was offend the politician and lose her parents' summer job. I'm full, and I can't make myself stop eating. Lacey attacked the steak with her knife and fork. The blade of the knife scraped the china, making a sound like nails on chalkboard. The woman between Anatole and Lacey winced. But I'd better stop eating anyway, she said. I can only imagine what the dessert will be like after such a yummy dinner. She tried to laugh, but it came out more like a cackle. Does somebody want the rest of my steak? London lifted her plate, rotating it back and forth slightly as she looked up and down the table. Her face felt like a candelabra now. What was she doing, waving her leftovers around at complete strangers? The other guests stared at her. London clunked the plate back down onto the table. So yummy. Stop talking. Oh, why was she so nerved up all of a sudden? Why couldn't she just quietly eat her food like Lacey? And was that Anatole guy laughing? London lifted her chin, loose strands of her updo tickling her neck. Tell your friend in Texas his cows are amazing. She smiled at the senator. The senator beamed. I will. He went off on a tangent about his last visit to the ranch. London took a deep breath and brushed a hand across her nose to wipe away beads of sweat. She smoothed a few tendrils of hair behind her ears, but jumped when something cold bobbed against her neck. Oh, Lacey hadn't been worried about her own hair. London's fingers grazed against two, no, three, curls dangling loose, pins jutting out from them like miniature whirligigs, thick, black pins she'd borrowed from her mom. She must look like a lopsided porcupine. And all this time she'd felt so charming up until the choking incident. And that Anatole was still laughing, his eyes full of grin, even as he was pretending sudden thirst by drinking every last drop of water from his glass. London pretended to adjust the gauzy folds of her scarf and managed to untangle the pins from the loose strands of her hair. Across the table, Lacey's shoulders were rolled forward tight with stress. Sympathy stress. What a friend that girl was. Poise and looking perfect weren't everything. A true friend was something more. London followed Dad's example and placed her utensils over the middle of her plate, then folded her hands in her lap. She shrugged at Lacey, and the other girl relaxed. They'd howl with laughter about this later, probably, but what a relief to think she'd never see most of these people ever again. Her gaze swiveled towards Anatole, except him. He wasn't even looking towards her anymore, but the way he was studiously listening to the senator, one elbow on the table with his hand curved against his mouth, his index finger tapping his cheekbone, it was too posed. His left eye flickered, his shoulder jerked. Yes, he was still laughing at her. London folded her arms. The day he came to dinner, she'd be somewhere else, anywhere else. Saturday morning, London headed across the lawn towards the senator's manor house with a few tools for her dad. She looked towards the pasture where she'd rode every day this week then towards the cottage where she, Lacey, Mom, and Dad had shared laughs and grilled dinners on the back patio. 
Mom and Dad had worked all week, but this had been one of the most fun vacations she'd ever had. She looked towards the house again. Even last night's dinner, with its hair fiasco and the Anatole guy, had been fun. But they'd go home this afternoon, back to normal life. Anatole's face flashed into her mind's eye. When was he going to visit Easton again? I've been thinking about what you said, Lacey said. London glanced at her friend, who carried a box of nails, screws, and wall brackets. Said about what? London blinked as if her line of thought should have been obvious. Uh, Well, you said, maybe my problem isn't the popular kids, but how I view myself. London squinted. I did? When? That first day we came. Lacey, that was like five days ago. I have no idea what I said to you five days ago. How did Lacey remember stuff like that? Stray comments and conversations said in the midst of activity and fun. A hundred things that happened since Tuesday. Well, you ought to remember. You were super pleased with yourself because you sounded like Carmen when you said it. London paused in front of the huge doors that opened into the manor's front hallway. Oh, yeah, you were talking about why the popular kids make you nervous. Okay, I sort of remember, so what about it? Lacey bit her lip. If you don't remember... No, no, I I do, kind of. Go ahead, share. Well, what if... What if people have said things or treated me in ways that match the way I view myself, doesn't doesn't that make it true, like I'm just facing the facts? What was she talking about? London pulled open the big front door and led the way inside. Uh, so you mean your insecurity is everybody else's fault? Lacey clutched the box. Well, when you put it that way, it sounds whiny, but yeah, I Guess that's what I mean. Oh boy, what would Carmen say now? God, what should I say? I think she's hurting about something. London led the way down the main hallway towards the dining room where Dad was finishing the installation of a buffet cupboard. You can't believe everything people say and do, Lace. People have all kinds of reasons for the way they act. They say stuff without thinking and they forget it. She pointed to herself. Case in point. London led the way into the dining room. Where was Dad? And sometimes people say not so nice stuff because, well, they're trying to look smart or be funny. London plunked the tools down next to some other work equipment. But then... How am I supposed to know? Tears sparkled in the corners of Lacey's eyes. Whoa, she'd really been thinking about this hard for days. Had she been miserable all week? Had Lacey even enjoyed herself? How, how do you know what? London wrapped an arm around Lacey's shoulders. Who you are? Lacey trembled. Yeah, I guess. Okay, Jesus, this is the part where I point her to you, but right now I can't remember a single scripture reference. Lace, you, 
we were created by God. I think we're supposed to let Him tell us who we are. I, I mean, oh, good, you brought the tools. Dad said, entering from another room. He took the box of fasteners from Lacy. The senator wants this buffet attached to the wall in case his grandchildren open all the drawers and try to climb it. He's afraid it'll tip over on top of them. He tapped his palm with a hammer. Sounds like the holidays in this house are a little wild. Lacy stepped behind London, making sniffly noises. I tell you what, London. Even people like the senator, who you'd think had it all together, have their problems. He picked up his toolbox. Something rattled, and things suddenly scattered on the floor. Little tools and a couple small black bags. Before London could bend over and help pick up the mess, her dad had gathered everything up and slid it into a bottom compartment of his box. A moment later, the gap where the compartment had been closed, and the base of the box looked as smooth and seamless as before. London stared at the box. A false bottom? For what? Really expensive equipment? All right, girls. Thanks for bringing what I needed from the workshop. Go enjoy yourselves for a few more hours. He stared at London and shook his head slightly. London glanced over her shoulder to where Lacy had her back turned, apparently studying some house plants, but probably finishing a facial cleanup. Okay, see you after a bit. She nudged Lacy towards the hallway. She led the way towards the front door. I just wish you'd accept that she's gone and find peace about it. A voice came from a nearby room. Peace? When I know she was murdered? The senator's voice came next. London and Lacy stared at each other. You're paranoid, Dad. Why would anybody want to kill Mom? I don't know. The senator said, maybe because she got in the way. Of what? The question was almost shouted from right inside the closest doorway. London grabbed Lacy's arm and jogged towards the front door. No way were they going to get caught listening to a conversation between two nationally known figures, the senator and his son. They eased out the front door and then darted down the front steps. Did you hear that? Lacy asked. London nodded. Oh yeah, she'd heard, and it was one conversation she wasn't likely to forget. Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. If you have the time, please leave a review or share the podcast with somebody else who likes fiction. Happy Thanksgiving! Bye.